Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton and I'm super excited you're here today. I'm just going to be real straight with you. Wasn't planning on doing this recording. Um, I just felt like I needed to imprint this message <laughs> into my whole being. So I got up off of my my out of my study chair and just like, okay, we're going to put this into practice. So here's who this workout is for today. And I feel like that's why this has to just get done right now. Uh, it's for anyone that you are just so over going around the mountain again and again and again. Um, when I say that, the mountain is just a metaphor of the thing that the thought or the belief pattern or the fear, let's always sum it up into the four bullies of bad, bad, sad, or scared. It's the, the behavior patterns that we have in life that we just knee jerk do. And there's, a, there's something that God is wanting to deliver us from. Um, this podcast is all about integrating your faith to your physical life, your physical everything, because we are, we are souls with bodies and the body's a great tool, but what's going on in our soul? And for many of us, I'm always getting after the stuck place for anyone, the stuck place, the place that you think well, this is all there is and what am I going to do next? And it's a place where we feel unsatisfied and yet we, we know that we are called to be satisfied there because that's the life in the spirit is a satisfaction that it is well with my soul, even though the mountains crumble, the earth shakes, whatever it is that we would learn to be really centered, stable, sound mind, loving people in the face of adversity. And all it takes is one lie in us to kind of keep us repeating a pattern over and over and over. Some behavior pattern, something that many of you learned long, long time ago. So we're gonna do it today. I really feel like, are you ready to like, I'm over it. I, I, I want I want to move through and get to the other side. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do that today. I think there. I don't think I'm gonna say anything that isn't new for you to hear. But here's what I know: the anointing to say it is fresh on me. The the oh, this is a right now message is happening. So that's what we're gonna do today. As we move our body, you're gonna we're gonna get after this this moving the mountain. That's what we're gonna do. And now, if you, it's your first time, good. This is a good one for you to be. We don't have any intervals today. You're just gonna hear music. You're gonna go for um, that foot therapy of one foot over the after the other. It's called somatic therapy, moving the body while thinking about what you're thinking and while feeling what you're feeling. It can work out of you any of the stuck places. The neuroscience keeps affirming you guys what we do here. How exciting is that? So this, we are on the right path. You are on the right path to a whole life, which you already have right now. It's just, we've got to make up our mind. And there's my husband making a shake. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I wanted, before I go into the workout, so you can be moving your body right now, but I wanted to, um, share with you the review of the week leaving a podcast review is like my favorite love language you guys I read all of them all of them every week I get an update on what came in so I can share one with you and today it's from Sombra L and all she says is brings my active time into holy ground I'm thankful for this podcast that's it that's all she wrote simple and that's all it needs to be some of you don't leave reviews because you don't know what to say just say what it does in one sentence. iTunes loves reviews. It helps keep this podcast found by those who are looking for something different in the health and fitness category. Uh, also, you know, I'm gonna throw in a bonus one from Emily1111. She says six words. This podcast gives me such life. Three exclamation points. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are perfect. You guys, thank you. So Emily and Sombra, you can email info at revelationwellness.org and we're gonna send you a thank you gift, a love greater than fear thank you gift. You guys, I just sent it out yesterday. It's a great little package. You get a water bottle, a towel, I think a little love greater than fear bracelet and a signed copy of 
um, The Wellness Revelation, the book that I have authored that you can get on Amazon. You can order it. It's at some bookstores still available, but I'm happy to send you one and personally sign it for you. So, did I convince you to leave a review? I hope so. It truly is one of my favorite love languages of the week, so thank you. It also makes you mark in your brain, this matters to me. So should you get busy over the holidays, you'll remember, you know, let's get back to what matters most. Caring for your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That, in growing in godliness, ain't nothing better than that. That's your first place of investment. Okay, Lord, here we go. You guys ready? We are going to get the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Alright, let's do a little body scan here. Take a deep breath, inhale. Exhale. Do a few of those. Maybe put your hands behind your back, open your chest. Oh, I just did that and I heard about four, four cervical spine bones just crack. Oh, alright. Light feet. Pay attention to how you're putting your feet down on the ground right now. Pay attention. Pay attention. So, no judgment, but pay attention. <sighs> Shoulders come down just a bit. If you're walking, running, see if you can just slightly turn your palms up a little bit. That just kind of rotates the arms so that the thumbs kind of rotate out of it. It'll draw the shoulders back, keep the heart open. As we get tired, we tend to collapse. The arms will roll in, the shoulders roll in. So I'm just trying to keep your heart open. Good. Now, instead of thinking navel to spine, I want you to think tailbone under just a bit, bringing your spine to your navel. That doesn't mean you're off the hook for the navel. The navel, we want to put that belt of truth on. It's a light. You're not sucking it in. You're just drawing it in. Putting it in its place. If you've had a baby, if you've had C-sections, if you've had some type of surgery or anything that's cut the abdominal wall, you're going to need to retrain your brain to tell your nerves what to do, even though you don't feel it. One thing we don't trust here is our feelings. <laughs> we use them, yes. We want you to feel. But they don't get the final say. All right? Yeah, so Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for yesterday. We thank you that we have woken up in our right mind. We thank you for a body that works, for lungs that breathe, and air to fill them. We thank you for our eyes that can see where we're going, what we're doing right now. We thank you for whatever's working today. It is good. Everyone say those three words. It is good. It is good. Lord, and now we come to you because we are sick and tired of these obstacles, and not these, this one obstacle. So I'm asking you all to figure, what is that one? How about this? It's a place in your life where it feels barren, where it feels dry, where you might feel lonely, where you feel hopeless, where you feel stuck. Okay, so God, we bring that to you right now. And I know we see you smiling. You're so grateful that we see it because you've seen it. And now, God, deliver us. Deliver us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so. All right, I'm just going to tell you, be honest with you. Man, the Lord has slayed so many giants in my life. Anyone? I do would say, it doesn't matter 
Your history with the Lord could be one day old or 30 years. You have a history because there's something he's brought you out of. For some of you, it's a laundry list. You've got a list. For some of you, salvation just came into your home and you're, he saved you from a life of darkness, a life of feeling alone, a life of being sad, a life of thinking this is all there is and I better figure it out or just tune out. Nope, you had ears to hear. And that's history with God. And to God, one day is worth a thousand years. So that nobody here <laughs> has medals more than the person that is one hour saved. We're all saved by grace. <laughs> grace levels the playing field all the time because we need it all the time. But history with God matters. It's the first thing I need to say today. History matters. You've got to know your history with God. So what has he saved you from? What light or what darkness did he turn on his light inside of? Come on. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to read from 1 Samuel today. And 1 Samuel 17 is all David and Goliath. You guys, I now get how they can write books over this one passage. And there's a reason why this is an epic story. But let's take it off the flannel board. Let's take it out of the Sunday school class. This is a war story. This is a warrior's story. It's not like a good Saturday morning cartoon. This is it. We were made. <laughs> Burst into war. Birth. It, some, some of you, it happened in the womb. War. And in 1 Samuel, we learn that the Israelites are looking for a king. Now, it was supposed to be God. They weren't satisfied with that. So God gives them what they want, and they get a king. Saul, the very first king. And you can read about that in 1 Samuel 9. Saul, it didn't work, didn't work out so well with Saul. And I'll tell you why, because he didn't know who he was. He didn't know who he was. I don't know, we don't know, but I suspect he had, he didn't have a lot of time with the Lord. So, as much as some of you are one day into your salvation, let me just tell you this. Don't be in a rush to sit on your throne. Don't be in a rush to rule the kingdom. <laughs> it's just not how your character, he's gonna get your character ready for the call. And it's not that you're being punished, you're being made. You're already a son, a daughter of the King Most High, but we've got to know it. And how do we know we know it? We come against obstacles, trials, over and over and over and over and over, day after day after day. That's why if you want to stand next to one of the greatest warriors, find someone you know who was in their eldest years, oldest years of their life, and who have loved Jesus for as many years as possible. Sit at their feet, listen. <laughs> They're probably as close to Jesus with flesh you can find because they have war stories to share with you. They don't have anything more special than anyone else but time. Time. Stories where God is faithful. And I don't think, we don't never learn, but Saul doesn't, we don't know anything about what he was doing, his history before he was called the king. But 
And we know it didn't end well. We know he gets removed from the throne. And talk about hurting your pride. And then we learn David. God picks the next king, sends Samuel out to anoint David, a shepherd boy in a field. Right now your steady heart rate, just steady. Listen, if you're starting to warm, get a little sweaty, you have to, you have to breathe through your mouth. That's when you know you're training because you're actually meant to breathe through your nose. But when life gets strenuous, you gotta breathe through your mouth. And what I mean by strenuous is when the heart rate elevates, when the blood starts to flow, when the muscles start to work, when you're making more energy, it takes focus and you're gonna breathe through your mouth. But the best way to reset yourself into peace is can you close your mouth and breathe? Now we're not trying to do that right now. We're not. We're actually trying to push into the more vulnerable space, the uncomfortable space, right? I'm telling you, this is hard. This is as stressful as your day must get. Everyone say that right now. This is as stressful as my day is gonna get. Because <laughs> this is healthy stress. This is tolerable stress. This is purpose-made stress. But later, when any type of giant comes against you, and you know how one is present, it's when your peace is gone. When your peace leaves the room, and fear shows up, and shame shows up, self-consciousness shows up, small thinking, anger shows up, or depression, when those show up, those are giants. You guys have said it, mad, bad, sad, scared. Those are the Goliaths of your emotional well-being. Mad, bad, sad, scared. I feel mad. I feel bad, I feel sad, I feel scared. And inside of each of those categories, there's a myriad. When I feel sad, I feel lonely. I felt so sad, you guys, inside some of the most loving places. Because the enemy of my heart, who wants me to not be present, and fight the right battle distracts me with a lie. I'm telling you, that's how Saul lost his kingship. He couldn't wait for Samuel to show up to make the offering of sacrifice, so he makes it on his own. He went rogue. And mad, bad, sad, scared, they will, they will make you rogue all the time. They will have you cut loose from the herd, leave the 99, the flock, find yourself in a corner licking your wounds, Ooh. or in the corner devising a master plan for revenge or your comeback without the presence of God. And that's what happens. We can't fight the battle without the presence of God, period. So you cannot fight. There is no battle you will win that will bring you abundance, blessings, the kind of blessings that we're told we will have when we obey God's commands. They come inside of love, joy, peace, Patience. All right, so David, <laughs> he was already in the king's service to Saul as a harp player. 
So there's something in there. Good warriors know how to worship. I'm telling you, warriors, the best leaders, I'm absolutely convinced the best world thinkers, they know how to worship God because He gives the knowledge. He is wisdom. So don't fall for the lie that your, your social media account platform is gonna be the thing that gives you wisdom. You don't get wisdom from the people. It comes from God and He so freely shares it gives it away. He wants good for the earth. So David is already in the king's service. But he hears about this war against the Philistines. And his father, Jesse, he's still tending sheep at this time. He's just got like a part-time gig in the castle playing the harp when Saul is being tormented by, here's the weird thing, I don't have time to get into it, but we know that the torment, a spirit from the Lord of torment would come over him, come over Saul, and then David would come in to soothe the king with his harp playing, with his worship, love that. And then David would head back out to the field to do what he's always done. To do what he's always done. So friends, doing what you've always done, you're getting built. The story's building, the character's coming. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, again, these Philistines with one giant named Goliath, who by the way, he's about nine feet tall, was taunting the army of the Israelites, saying, who are you? Defying the army of the Israelites, saying, there's no way you'll beat me. David hears about this war, <laughs> is told by his father to go take some food to his brothers on the front line. And I'm sure David was like, yes. Let me see what's going on. A little change of view for the day from the shepherd's pasture to a warrior front line. And David shows up and says to Saul, the king, because Saul's still king. He's been told it's not gonna last. Your days are numbered. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him for you are but a youth. <laughs> and he has been a man of war from his youth. Ooh, this goes on to tell you right now how many days you've been saved don't count the same saving power is in you the moment Christ comes in now David's a youth but we know well we're gonna learn more about David you ready and Saul said to David okay told him that you're too young verse 34 but David said to Saul your servant used to keep sheep for his father and when they, there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And, he, and if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, struck him, killed him. Verse 36, your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. This is it. This is the word. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. 
And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. <coughs> Come on guys, you see it? He's young, sure. Outwardly, what's this guy got? But he has a history with the Lord. He had a history of knowing anything that came to steal from him had no right. The lion or the bear? Just think about that. And most shepherds would be like, well, I lost one. It's kind of, you know, part of the, the work casualty. It's an incident, happens on the job. I'm a shepherd. Can't expect me to save all of them. But not David. He saw his day-to-day -day role <laughs> as kingdom purpose, royalty. It mattered. If it mattered to God, it mattered to him. And since David knew, he just knew the Lord. Plus, he was a worshiper. Remember, out in that field doing nothing day after day, what we would think nothing. David had the perspective in his mind all the time. This matters. This matters. This matters to God. His heart was filled with thoughts of God, the purposes of God, and he was a youth. Come on. So all of us, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. This is why the Bible says, train your kids, raise them up in the way they should go even if it looks like they don't care. Even if it seems like they roll their eyes and it falls right off of them. Don't you dare fall for that. <laughs> You're the parent, parent, love. Keep speaking life even if it feels offensive to them. <laughs> and when they are older, they will not depart. When their Goliath comes, because certainly it will, David, knowing consistency and faithfulness with the Lord. He had a history with these lions and bears. So here's what I'm asking you. Every day, I'm pretty sure there's some lions and some bears coming against you. And there's this one Goliath. There's some mountain, there's some big thing that looks impossible to overcome. And I'm gonna ask you if you would, I know some of you feel like financial crisis uh, feels circumstantial. I'd rather you look relational. Let's put the circumstances on the table for a minute. Let's look at relationship. Because honestly, you don't want your circumstances to blossom if your relationships are broken. You don't. Relationship. Life is about relationship and David had one. He obeyed his father on earth, but knew the purposes as a son of the King Most High, God, Yahweh. David, as a youth, was ready for the battle that would give him the warrior name because he was right in relationship with who God was. Who is this Philistine? How dare him defy us? <laughs> and then he had healthy relationship as far as it depended on him, as we can see with his father with his brothers, even though his brothers were kind of jerks. Listen, David wasn't spotless. We know, we learn later, David needed a savior. David did not live a blameless life. David had sin, but his history with God, his history was creating for him. The ability to always know, my deliverer, deliverer lives. 
and he lives to save. All that time out on his own in the wilderness, tending sheep, nothing special going on. <laughs> he knew something bigger is going on here. Everyone, start to make up your mind. Something bigger is going on here. Deliverance is built on the history of God's faithfulness. And it happens in a suddenly moment. Deliverance has this, it's like the under, the root system is huge for deliverance. But then suddenly the giant falls. The walls come tumbling down. The Holy Spirit descends suddenly sight to the blind suddenly and right now we're having our deliverance day because listen God wants to do this here's what I need you to know this whole teaching I need you to remember this five words the enemy is the enemy the enemy is the enemy David was able to recognize this is an enemy and he's coming against us. He's coming against the house of the Israelites. So right now I want you to ask, because I know there's a lot of women listening to this. Men, thank you. You're in this too. What's coming against your house? This is the first thing. It's kind of the most hidden, quiet, most beautiful thing, family. Family, <laughs> and Satan knows the enemy who defies the living God, he starts young with us. He starts young. For some of you, it was in the womb. For some of you, lost a parent, divorce, abuse, violation, lies, belittling, bullying, People that had power that used it wrong, defying the house of the Lord. And listen, ain't no big thing, God. For God, He's getting it all back. It's all coming back to His kids. It all belongs to Him. But He writes us into the story. He writes David into the story. And David was ready. The enemy is the enemy. And he knew it. He recognized it. John 10, and John 10, we hear about Jesus being a shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. David spent a lot of time out there in the wilderness, out there in that no special place, hearing from the Lord. You guys, you know, that's the definition. The Hebrew word for wilderness is midbar. And it, it means a place to hear God speak. Come on. This is why Moses was ready to turn aside to see the bush. That's a suddenly deliverance moment. History with God, 40 years, out in the wilderness, Moses, again, tending to a flock, just out there doing nothing special kind of job. After he had lived a very special life in Pharaoh's house, Always knew he was an Israelite, always loved his people, but he didn't know how to fight the battle for his people's freedom. His anger, mad, bad, sad, scared, shows up and he strikes and kills an Egyptian. The enemy's the enemy, not people. But he was ready to hear. So for those of you who've been going around that same mountain, you want, I need you to hear me right now. Nothing has been wasted. But today is the day. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Now, today is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. What does this mean for you? New perspective on this same old argument 
that comes against your relationship with God or with others. And that just affects your relationship with food, with finances, right? It's just, it's never about the thing in the world that you can touch, taste, feel, transfer. Those are just, those are symbols, they're things that help show up what's going on in my heart. And I've said it a million times, say it again, when I cannot love, when I don't have faith, I have forgotten who and whose I am. Now, I'm just gonna be real open with you for me, you guys. This pervasive inside my marriage loneliness, loneliness, and even relationally. I know you think that's crazy. It's true. All the leaders raise your hand and say amen. There's a certain amount of loneliness in leadership. And it's appropriate. There's a healthy amount, like Jesus knew. These disciples, these people who are loving him and raving about him, they're not gonna comfort his soul. They're, it's not where he gets his comfort. It's not where he gets his courage. He gets it from the Father and the Father alone. But marriage, marriage is meant to be a picture of my relationship with God. <laughs> okay, you ready? And now, God, I'm just telling you all the things so that you might get free. I had a really honest conversation with my husband the other day. Really went to him and repented because I wrote this in my, my social media post. I'm gonna read it right now for you. Here's what I wrote. I went to bed last night giving my husband the cold shoulder. Anyone else do this? He asked me what was wrong. And I found a clever way to offend my heaviness, to offload my heaviness onto him by telling him what I thought was the problem and how he could fix it. <laughs> Turns out, the ways we see how others could fix us never end. Trust me when I say, it's a bottomless pit. As soon as I rolled over, I heard the Lord say firmly and kindly to me, it's not him, it's you. Oh, it's not him, it's you. <laughs> it's a pattern. I'm not proud to admit I've done. And as of this morning, after falling on my face and digging into God's word, I'm publicly declaring I'm done playing that losing game. I've come too far to let the baggage of my past be the place I allow my negative feelings to hang out and mingle and stay best friends. Saul, the first king of Israel, was found hanging out in the baggage when facing the greatness of his future. And it didn't turn out well for him. I will not go down the same way. I'm choosing the way of David, who handed his things to the baggage keeper so he could charge the front line and get on with the business of slaying the giant. In the name of the Lord, he took his stand. David's feelings were attached to the power of God and not the puniness of his fears because of his broken past. And down went Goliath. Sisters and brothers, once God speaks, we no longer get a vote. Give him permission to speak. When he speaks, the decision is final and our destiny is set in motion. Every battle belongs to the Lord. Let's tell our feelings to pluck up as we take off the yoke that forces us and another to plow the field of our past. Let's be done wasting time in the lies of our past and let's pluck up and move into our future. It's a future of goodness and great hope. Let's take it. Surely we can. <laughs> and then I ask the question, what baggage do you need to check? So here's the thing, the Lord spoke to me. It's not you, it's him. Or it's not him, it's you. Oh. So in the morning I got into the word and yeah. There, God has done amazing things inside my marriage. There once was a time, it was him. There once was a time, there was a big part. He was an atheist, he didn't believe in God. He, you could imagine his agreement with an enemy 
made a huge stronghold for us. But those days are over, y'all. It's over. But see, there's still things in me because that lie attaches way back to my youth where I had a father who was never, he was present or he was there, but not present. Addiction, brokenness, not he didn't grow up knowing the Lord. I mean, so there's disadvantage, but I've known the Lord. He has been with me. I just haven't trusted him until I was in my 20s. I didn't turn my life over to him. I didn't say, my way's not working. You do it until I was in my 20s. But I have a history with him. And this one's on me, folks. This one's now on me. It's not him, it's me. And the enemy camps out, taunting me, defying the house of the Keatons. He defies the fact that there would be freedom, love, laughter, joy, embrace, kindness, courage, listening ears. <laughs> so, a couple things I want to say to that. Some of you might go, I don't hear from God like that. Can I tell you something? Get in the Word. Be in it a lot. Do a, take, take a challenge. And you don't even have to feel it to do it. Don't feel it to do it. Tell yourself. Set an alarm on your phone. Twice a day, three times, whatever. You're just going to open up and read scripture for five minutes. I told you about my app idea. Let me know when someone gets it. That before you could scroll Instagram or Facebook, that you would that a Bible verse would come up and you'd have to read it. <laughs> and wouldn't it be cool to even answer a question before it would drop the screen then you can go scroll. <laughs> if you don't hear from him like that, if you, you, he wants to talk to you. But the more I'm in the word, and I'm not like studying it per se, I'm just like, I want to, I want to be near him right now for a few minutes. I just want to be near him. I want to refresh myself for a few minutes. <laughs> I think it's Chris Balaton who says, we can't spend five minutes with the Lord and 19 hours in the world and think we're going to win. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Staying integrated to ourselves. So when I heard the Lord speak, sat down, got in the word that morning, and off we went. And it was into this verse of 1 Samuel. David had a history. I have a history. David said, I can do this. Because I've done this over here with bears and lions. And here's what I love about the heart of David. Okay. Let's see. It says here, Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he's defied the armies of the living God. David, back in 34, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when they came, when there came a lion or a bear, I took a lamb, or took a lamb for the flock. I went after him. <laughs> David was not gonna let anyone steal from him. Come on. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10, 10, Jesus tells us, Jesus gives us a straight up Here's who the thief is. He doesn't, he makes it very clear. He steals, he kills and destroys. So anywhere you see that, you will know the enemy is here. When he steals your hope, when he steals your kindness, when he steals, when he destroys your hope, when he destroys the possibility, that's all him. So friends, we are ready for this. This people, us, Look at us, we can feel our bodies right now. We feel the enemy's the enemy. Bears, lions, and Goliath. There are places, what are your bears and your lions? Where has God given you the grace to stand up and go get that thing? <laughs> Face that thing, get it back. If you don't think you have one, you do. It's the day you came to salvation. 
you stole back your life. You stole back your hope. You stole back your future. And the enemy knows it. And so he doesn't give up. He defies. He continues to come against us. But David would have none of it. He would go after that lion. He'd go after that bear. And he'd get it back. I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. Delivered it. This word deliverance. Deliverance. It's the, this is who God is. God delivers. And it means a quick snatching. A quick, like a suddenly snatched. That's why all of you in our deliverance moment, it was a suddenly. Whew, God snatches us out of the house of the enemy and into the home of the king. We're delivered. He opened our ears to hear, our eyes to see gives us the grace to respond it's all him but we do get to respond because he's a gentleman he is not a man that should lie or bully he just opens the door knocks and says open the door let me in but you got to let me in you got to invite me in i won't i won't cross your boundary line he knows that's a losing game anyways if he tries to force himself across our boundary lines our boundaries will just get bigger higher thicker so he says, no, the lion and the bear. What's your line? What's the bear? Think about it. For me, my gosh, starting a ministry, that's a lion, that's a bear. For me, continuing to run, make decisions for, seek the Lord inside of the ministry. Lions and bears, you guys have had to make big decisions. Scary things come against me. Lions and bears, lions and bears. But there's a Goliath inside of my marriage. And I'm asking you, where's the Goliath in relationship between you and God or you and another? Because there's one. And I'm telling you, if we get these relationships cleaned up, clear, at least as far as it depends on us, it doesn't mean they might, they might not respond. But you have done your part to humble yourself so that the Lord could exalt you. We do see in David's life, he's a humble man. He makes mistakes and he falls on his face and asks the Lord for forgiveness. We do see that. He, he had humility. His humility saved and nurtured his character over and over and over again. That's why he was fit to be king. That's why he was fit to go to this war. He is the warrior of all warriors. He knew the giants. He knew the bears. He's just like, this Goliath? He's no different. And that's what I heard the Lord say to me, Elisa, you've done all these slaying of lions, bears, tigers, oh my. This is the Goliath. And I also love that David, he says to them, hold on, let me find it in the verse. the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of his paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand he also says back in verse oh I can't find it but he would grab the lion by the beard and and swing him around and, and kill him you know that's why because we can throw a rock at the lion or the bear and it will run away but what I think God often says is, I'm gonna need you to get really close to this thing. It's gonna feel like it is breathing down your neck, but you're gonna be so close to it that you will grab it <laughs> and you will kill it. And it has less chance of coming back when you're that close to it. But that's why it feels like, why is this so big? Why is this so hard? Because it's closer than it's ever been. And we're to grab that thing, grab it by the beard, kill it. That's how close. David was not afraid. He could get that close. So he looks at this giant and goes, no big deal. No big deal. The Lord who delivered thee there will deliver me here. And Saul said, go. And the Lord be with you. And we know what happens. David kills it. <laughs> and he does it very simply. There's no, not a big gory scene. There's a hundred layers of metaphors of things inside of how he does it. That we can continue to learn from but what I want to stop on today and I'm gonna leave you with is just this 
This Goliath thing, this is no different than any other place you've already overcome. It is no different. Although it's been there for a long time or it's felt heavy, it's because the weight of glory is there. Because David killed this Goliath, everything changed for him. It's the epic story for David. It's the one story he's always forever known for. And after this, many put their trust in David. Many. <laughs> they started chanting, Saul kills thousands, but David tens and tens of thousands. You know, Saul's pretty good. Yeah, but David, David, we can get behind this man because he lives and knows and worships God. It's, it's his, nothing gets in his way other than that. So let me make this real practical before we go. I'm sorry there's a little long one, but I want to leave you with something. You guys, get in the word enough that the Lord can just get on you and say to you, it's not them, it's you. If it is you, he'll let you know. Because it's not always. It's not always. Sometimes it's others. Unless there's four reasons we get sent into a wilderness season or a dry place or a parch where we feel stuck. One is other people sin. Other people make choices that come against and they hurt. What causes us to feel from them, far from them. Another is just life ebbs and flows. You lose a job. Somebody passes away. It's just life and those feel like dry places, sad places, places of loss. And that will send you to a wilderness. The third is sometimes God just assigns it. We see Jesus was sent out into the wilderness. God says, we're gonna go here. <laughs> There's going to be assignment here. And I would say that was my early marriage. This was an assignment. God chose this marriage for me. I have done the arguments around him to say, yeah, but you could have, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And you knew that you were going to call me to ministry. Why didn't you give me a man who knew you? Blah, 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 blah. Right? Where all that was an assignment. Which, by the way, we, we made it. We made it through. He believes in God. And he has a faith. And he loves me and supports me and all those things. But now... This, the, the final one is disobedience, you guys. Disobedience will forever keep you going around the mountain in a dry and sun-scorched land over and over. And isn't that something the enemy would love? Isn't that something the enemy would be like, let's just waste their time? Not today. It ends. You know who God is. The God who fought with you, with the bears and the lions, all those other things of history that you have, who brought you out of darkness into marvelous light. The same power that was then is right here, right now for the same situation that you are in. If relationally, God is all about it. Circumstantial, he'll get around to it. But relationally, God is all about it. Because this is how his church is built, sustained, and transforms the world in the love that is greater than all fear. So God, we thank you. We thank you. I thank you for our ears to hear this message. I thank you that as of today, Lord, our eyes are here to see that the enemy is the enemy and he has defied us. And there's no difference in the overcoming that we have had in the past that you want to now do in Jesus' name against this obstacle. Lord, show us what the next move is. Show us what we say. Show us what we do. Lord, if it is us, show us. If disobedience is just the thing we lock ourselves and make our own prison to live inside of God, release the captives free today in Jesus' name. And we will leave this place leaping, singing, praising, and giving God thanks. The battle belongs to you, and it's already won. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweet.
Great things you will do. 
Jesus tonight. Sometimes, oh Lord, all we have to do is just stand in your presence and just worship you. And life doesn't make any sense. choose to worship you, Jesus. Ladies, just sing this song.